Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mel Fabregas from Veritas at VeritasShow.com with a special report. With the way in which the stock markets are unraveling around the world, we can no longer ignore the possibilities. Gold has already crossed the $1,800 mark a few times. I also know that most of the population does not have the ability to maneuver these days, let alone buy gold. But there's a more affordable and practical precious metal that has been with us since the beginning of time, silver. For that, I contacted David Morgan, an expert with whom I've been in contact with for some time. This Veritas special report is available to everyone. All I ask is that if you find this information valuable, please subscribe to our radio show and listen to hundreds of hours of valuable information by going to VeritasShow.com and clicking on the subscribe link. So, let's go to our expert. And today we have a special report because of what we're experiencing in our the markets, not only in the United States, but in Europe and in Asia. I decided to take a quick detour and do a Veritas special report. And today, I would like to focus on silver. And why silver and not gold? I get a lot of email from people saying, Mel, what do you think about gold? And the problem is, gold is already almost above $1,800. Now, the other, but there's a more affordable and practical precious metal that people should be looking at is silver. I'm not an expert, but today I found an expert. David Morgan is somebody I've been in, in touch with for quite some time. And I guess I was expecting to talk to him when, when things got really bad. I wish I'd, I had talked to him before. But nonetheless, he's here today. Let me just tell you a little bit about uh, David. David Morgan has been a private economist for over two decades. His background in engineering with a, an advanced degree in economics and finance gives a unique perspective to the financial markets that pure business majors often miss. He applies the discipline of logic to verify the basics of economic law. David has been published uh, in the Herald Tribune, Wall Street Journal, and Futures Magazine, to mention a few. He also hosts a, a precious metals wrap-up on internet radio called FinancialSense.com. Uh, he also has a website, uh, Silver-Investor.com. And without further ado, I would like to introduce David Morgan to Veritas. Hello, David. How are you? I'm well, Mel. Thank you. Pleasure having you on. It's a, a lot of turmoil happening right now, a lot of uncertainty. People are wondering where to put the whatever's left of their money. And I have your book right here, Get the Skinny on Silver Investing. And I want to talk to you about this. What is the common person out there that's, that's trying to put their money in the safest place right now? What do you suggest that they do? Well, as you said, uh, you know, Gold has been the go-to investment here in the last, well, for quite some time, but it's really accelerated the last few days after the downgrade of the United States debt. But silver actually has been money in more places, long periods of time, and more transactions have been done in silver than gold by far. In fact, Milton Friedman uh, made a speech in 1993 at the Gold Conference in New Orleans stating that silver is the monetary money of history, not gold. And that's actually the truth. What's happening now, Mel, is that so much money is going into gold from you know, banking institutions, hedge funds, money managers, and the very wealthy, that the little guy is perplexed. Geez, how do I buy gold? It's over 1800 Silver is a good second choice. In 
fact, I think it's actually a better investment than gold, and I'll back it up with this statement. If you had bought gold or silver at the same time at the bottom of the market, you would have twice the amount of money now if buying silver than you would gold. So in other words, a $1,000 investment at the same time, you would have twice as much money uh, yielded in silver. Now, silver is a smaller market. It's more volatile, and so you have to be cautious. But over the long run, silver performs just as well, if not better, than gold. Right now, everybody's wondering, who do I trust? Because sometimes you can get uh, gold or silver, but basically you're getting paper. Do you suggest getting the actual tangible metal, or can we trust the paper? Now, I've been very, very consistent from the initiation of my website when I first started in the public domain, either through radio or public appearances, or I've even been on uh, Fox Business and some of the major financial channels. I've always stated and will continue to that you must start with the physical metal first. You want metal you can touch. As my friend Mike Maloney says, if you can't touch it, you don't own it. And how about all the myths that are out there about silver? Tell us some more. Well, there's several other investments you can make, and these are usually derivatives of some type. I mean, you can do mining shares, you can do ETFs, you can do uh, you know, certificates and that kind of thing. I don't really have a problem with any of those if and only if you have built a tangible portfolio that you could get to uh, first. Once that's accomplished, if you want to branch further, then I personally don't have a big problem with that. And is it true that uh, of all the metals required for life as we know it, silver is the one that stands out? In other words, there are more uses for silver discovered every year than any other metals combined. Is that, tr is that true? Well, that I have a question on that, and I'm glad you brought it up. I got that from Bernard von Nothaus, which you may or may not know, and he started the Liberty Dollar, and I took it from his book, so that's the source. Uh, I was asked to verify that, and I showed them the quote, but I uh, went to the Silver Institute, where I'm very friendly with uh, the leadership of the Silver Institute. They couldn't verify it. They said that, you know, perhaps iron has uh, many patents as well. The point I want to make about silver that's very clear is that silver is the most important metal in a high-tech society. That's indisputable. That's a fact. You can't have a cell phone, laptop, computer, flat-screen TV, anything electrical or electronic has to have silver in it. And that, you know, that's a fact. So whether or not there's more uses uh, developed for silver than any other metal, I'll uh, hold off on that because I can't prove it. But as far as proving silver is the most technically advanced metal by far, that is a fact. But if the economy is in a downward, I hate to even use the term downward spiral, that would mean that perhaps TV, computer manufacturing companies may have to reduce production for some time. Wouldn't that reduce the demand for silver? Yes, the industrial demand for silver could come off in a severe recession or even worse. But the other side of the story that most people miss is that 70% of the silver mined out of the earth is the result of base metal mining. Well, if we have the kind of recession that I'm anticipating, that means the demand for copper, lead, and zinc will be significantly lower, which means that the mine of the byproduct of silver will be off automatically because as the amount of you know demand decreases, that byproduct silver that they get from copper, lead, and zinc mining will automatically go down, and 70% of the metal silver comes from those base metal mines. So it's sort of a catch-22. Even though you go into recession, 
you automatically get less silver because of that. And how about demand and supply? I've heard that uh, for the last uh, uh, 20 years, uh, demand has outstripped the supply. Is that still current? No, it's not, Mel. From 1990 to about uh, 2006, for 16 consecutive years, that was true. There was a deficit. All the mining and recycling did not meet total demand. But the base metal miners, there's a huge demand for commodities, metals in general, and they kept increasing and increasing. And as of about 2006, the total amount mined and recycling, not mining alone, mining alone is a deficit, but mining plus recycling does actually exceed total demand currently and has for the past three or four years. We hear names of uh, billionaires like uh, Rupert, uh, not Rupert Murdoch, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Warren Buffett. Uh, I remember back in 97, he purchased 129.7 million ounces of silver bullion and then uh, sold it. Now, some people took that as a bullish uh, sign. Why is that? Well, I, I laugh because silver is referred to as the poor man's gold. Yes. And yet, when, when you should have been buying silver, when, it was, when I was pounding my fist on the table, so to speak, uh, silver was under $5 the ounce. The only people really buying it in size were the billionaires, not the millionaires, the billionaires, George Soros, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates. I mean, household names in the billionaire category. So it's the poor man's gold, yet the billionaires were buying it at the right time. And uh, Buffett sold it. I believe that that had something to do with the initiation of the SLV, the silver ETF, the largest ex exchange traded fund backed by silver. Uh, it was in London. It started with 130 million ounces, coincidentally. Uh, I don't have a case about it, but I'm pretty certain that that's you know, the silver that started the ETF. And, of course, we all know that uh, photography used a lot of silver, but with the advent of digital cameras, that, that's also caused silver uh, demand to, to come down. Again, is that still current? Well, that's a really misunderstood uh, point that I explain in the book. Almost all silver halide processing is recycled, so it's a zero-sum game. I'll give you a quick example. The recycling of silver in 1999 was 275 million ounces. Uh, ten years later, the recycling of silver was 175 million ounces. But the amount of film usage in 1999 was about 275, and the amount of film use in, 19, in 2009 was about 175. So basically, and that's a rough sketch, the numbers aren't perfect, but the idea is very clear. The more that silver allied film is not used, the less recycling you have. Now, some of that recycling is increasing because we have more, you know, computers, motherboards, electronic goodies, DVD players, and all this other stuff that actually does uh, produce recycled silver. And it's interesting, Mel, to go a step further, is that a lot of that silver is only recaptured because there's gold as well. In other words, the motherboard of a computer probably wouldn't be melted down for the silver alone, even at $40 a ounce. But since gold is at 1800 the ounce, it's well worth it to melt down the, the board for any kind of gold that you can get from the board. And, of course, obviously, if you're going to melt the board, you're going to get the copper, you're going to get the silver, you're going to get the gold, you're going to get every metal that you possibly can. And how about, of course, until recently, until, what, 2008, 2009, paper markets ruled. 
the commodity market, and we all we all heard the the infamous word derivatives. But with the way the markets are behaving now, and the way gold is going up, and I know silver is also going up, this is no longer the case. Paper is no longer king. That's right. I mean, the only asset class that is outside of what I call the matrix, that has no credit fault uh, problem, it can't be defaulted upon a gold and silver. And they have a 5,000-year history. You don't have a trust issue. You don't have a confidence issue. When you own the real metal, you own something of value that's cherished globally. Most asset classes aren't global. I mean, Boeing stock, for example, might be supposedly a good investment in the United States, but it'd be hard to buy it in India. But Indians buy gold. Everyone buys gold. Everyone knows gold. Everyone knows silver. So it's an asset class that is <clears throat> going to be seeked by more and more people due to the safety and the fact that you can't default on it. And as you said, it's a myth out there. And it was actually Milton Friedman who said the, the major monetary metal in history is silver, not gold. And there are six aspects of, uh, of money in a classical sense. It's divisible, durable, convenient, consistent, has utility value, and cannot be created by fiat. Silver is used as a medium of exchange and as a store of value. Now, the question people ask me is, what happens if I put my cash into silver and something happens and all of a sudden you go to the supermarket and the shelves are empty and transportation stops? How do we use gold or silver to nourish our family? Well, that's a great question, and it really, the, the honest answer is it's on a case-by-case -case basis. I mean, basically, I think you'd be a lot better off bartering with a farmer or a grocer or someone at a gas station with a silver coin than you would any other means. You might barter with, you know, some good or service, but silver is pretty recognizable. So in a worst-case scenario, I still think if you own silver in any form that's recognizable, such as... Uh, junk silver pre-1964 coins or older, or uh, silver eagles, the current one-ounce minted coins by the U.S. Mint, or silver round, which is a privately minted one-ounce silver coin. Any of those forms, I think, would be easily recognizable. I think a lot of people would be willing to trade for that, you know, real money. Uh, this has taken place in the past. These monetary uh, situations that we're currently in have happened again and again over history. The problem I have, Mel, is I've thought about this probably too much, but the facts are the facts. This is the first time in history that it's a global phenomena, not a unique situation like the Weimar Republic in Germany. This time it's going to take the entire planet by storm, so to speak, because everyone's tied to the U.S. dollar because it's the reserve currency of the entire world. I just made that comment to somebody. I said, why my republic it was in Germany, it was localized there, but this is a global Weimar Republic developing right in front of our eyes. But we remember 79 and 1980, uh, gold and silver. I remember my dad taking us to the uh, uh, jewelry store and trying to sell some of our gold and silver back then. But precious metals are a barometer of world financial health. And all we need to do right now is look at gold and silver for the last few weeks, and we'll know where this is going. Unless the powers that be address the root cause of all this, which is the fiat money, I don't see any any outlet. What do you see, David? The stock market crashed. Well, let's not say crashed, but it really it lost almost 500 points on Monday. It recouped a little bit yesterday. It lost 520 points today. What do you see for the next uh, a few days? 
few days. Well, I see a, I, I see a fundamental shift here very recently. I mean, first of all, it's a fact that no country on earth in recorded history where the debt exceeded the GDP of the nation has ever recovered. And we just did that recently. In other words, the entire gross domestic product, everything that we produce as a nation, is not enough to cover the debt that the United States now owes. So if we were able to do that, it'd be the first time in history. Secondly, the markets are built on confidence because there's nothing backing the currency. And as the loss of confidence continues, I think we're probably going to see more downward pressure on the markets overall for the next three days. And I think that fundamental shift has changed dramatically in the last, you know, <clears throat> few weeks since the uh, debt limit problem was, uh, you know, basically wiped under the you know table. And I'm, I'm basically, I don't want to be a fear monger, but I'm a realist. The real truth of the matter is until someone steps to the plate and addresses the fundamental problem and speaks to the American people with a head and a heart and tells them the truth, I think we're in for some more rough times. We need to abolish the Fed. That's what we need to do. But... One thing I found very interesting, David, was when Standard & Poor's downgraded the, the, our credit rating to AA, I expected immediately the Treasury yields to go up just because it becomes more, it, it's a riskier endeavor. But the opposite is happening. Even with the AA, we're seeing the Treasury yields go down in the past couple of days, which means that the mortgage interest rates or the long-term interest rates are still remaining down and maybe even going lower that's against the economic principles that were, that I was taught in school. Why do you think this is happening? Is it because of the euro? People say, you know, I would rather have my money into dollars as opposed to the euro, which seems to be crumbling too? I think that is part of it, definitely. And I also think it's sort of a knee-jerk reaction. I mean, the amount of money that's sloshing around the globe really can't move into gold. I mean, if you, if it did, you'd be, you know, thousands of dollars an ounce, and gold will probably get over 2000 3000 4000 Who knows? The point being is that the, the safest perceived investment in the currency markets right now, the size of Swiss franc, which is an obviously very small market, is the United States dollar. But unfortunately, history teaches us that if you can't pay your bills, uh that currency becomes worth less, worth less, and eventually worthless over time. And unfortunately, that is the track that the United States dollar is on. And again, that's a global phenomena because the Bank of Japan, any European bank, any bank you care to name has dollars, U.S. dollars, as their reserve currency. In other words, every currency is tied to the dollar, like it or not. Not only that, but uh, it was, what, 1971, the Bretton Woods Accord when gold stopped being the, 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 the metal supporting the, the currency, and now basically they can print as much money as they want. And even Greenspan said a couple of days ago, I don't know if this was a, a uh, momentary lapse of reason, but they asked him, you know, Mr. Greenspan, how are we going to be able to pay our, 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 our debt? And he said, nothing to worry about. All we need to do is print more money. I don't understand how people just don't wake up and realize that this financial system in the United States, in Europe and elsewhere, is just a sham. And the only thing that counts, really, it's uh, precious metals. 
No, and I've, it's interesting you brought that up. I put that on my Twitter feed because it's like if you don't get it by now, after Greenspan says that, you'll never get it. I mean, if people don't understand what we teach our kids every day, that you can't get something for nothing, and the whole system has been run on, yes, we can. We can print money and get something for it. And all of our trading partners say we've had it. Uh, interbanks, banks uh, trading with each other have basically had it. Uh, the interbank connections in Europe are breaking down. They're not trusting each other again. That's what caused the financial crisis in 2008. It's starting to happen all over again. These credit default swaps are going ballistic. I mean, Mel, there's so many problems, and it's based on one fundamental fact. We're telling a lie. We're telling a lie that you can get something for nothing or you can print yourself wealthy. Those things are lies. They don't work, and we're starting to pay the price now. Well, we've been paying it for a long time, but it's really accelerated now. And of course, anybody who says that gold and silver are not money uh, hasn't looked at history. This has been used since the beginning of time almost. But for the layman out there that's watching the the, uh, the 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 news that they trust on TV, I hope that they'll listen more to shows like us where we have people like David and others. What are they expecting in the next few days if the stock market has another 500 point i personally believe that tomorrow we'll see the stock market rebound again for some reason i think this is all orchestrated and i think that they're shorting the market one day and they're playing long the next day and this is going to go up and down up and down before we see another 1929 what do you see well, I agree. I mean, I think I, I know that of uh, all the markets, and most of them are manipulated, if not all of them. The one that's probably manipulated the most is the stock market. Of course. I mean, that's what happened after the Working Group on Financial Markets, formerly known to us in the financial field as the Plunge Protection Team. I mean, it's a well-known fact. Anyone doesn't believe me, Google. Uh, working group on financial markets and start to read, start to learn, and start to understand. So it's really a tough call, but the overall thing we need to look at, Mel, and you pointed it out several times, is the physical economy. Are we building new schools, new roads? Is there a new manufacturing plant going in in your neighborhood? Are we inventing things that people need? Are we growing more food than we ever had before? Are people happy, lively? Are they looking forward to going to work every day? Look, the physical economy in this country has been on a downward trend for a very long time. In real terms, the average wage of the American worker has gone down from 1974 till present day. Oh, yes, you make more money. You get more fiat. That number is a larger number. But as far as purchasing power on how well off you are and your standard of living, it is lower now than it was in a steady trend from 1974 to present day. That trend continues. Unemployment is probably over 20% in real terms. Inflation is probably 10% or better in real terms. And yet you get the nightly news telling you that inflation is under 2% and uh, we're at 9% unemployment. And of course, we, we know of taxation. This is extracting capital from the people taxation, the banking industry, and, and, and uh, inflation, which is a hidden tax. But plain devil's advocate for a moment, everybody thinks of, of the 1970s or prior when uh, gold was the standard, true standard. But if we had kept that gold standard, uh, David, the economy would not have grown globally the way it has. And again, I don't agree with this, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. If we go back to the gold standard, which means that price would be pretty much constant. How do you see a difference between the current scenario and that? Well, that's great. I've thought about that uh, several times. Basically, under a gold standard, you, the money supply does increase. 
because gold keeps coming out of the ground. And the increase is around 2% or so. Now it varies. But if you had a very prudent banking system based on a gold standard, the loans that were given out would probably be scrutinized much more than they were, let's say, during the real estate debacle. And what that would mean is what we hear a lot of our friends talk about, sustainable development. In other words, you would grow at a slower, more steady, more even-keeled, more uh, conservative way than you would under a fiat money system. Under a fiat money system, you can print it up, you can throw it out, you can move it around, and if things don't work out, well, we'll make the people pay for our mistakes. The bank is certainly not going to pay for their mistakes. So I would advocate the fact that, you know, you wouldn't have as big a growth or as much growth, but you might have steady growth that you could maintain easier. I'm not huge on sustainable development per se, but I do think under a gold standard you would have development that was much more conservative than what we've seen under the system that we have now. Obviously, we have to reevaluate. It's time for not only revolution, in my opinion, but for reevaluation, which is part of, of your book. Tell me more what you mean by that. Well, first of all, I think people have to t take a st step back and a, a big, you know, deep breath and look at what is wealth. And wealth actually comes from the human mind, the human spirit. I mean, every car that you ever see or any building or any road or any any amusement park, these were all ideas in the in the minds of men and minds of women. And it's us. It's our intellectual capacity and our ability to do things with our heads and our hands that make this world wealthy. And we've got to get back to that fundamental basis. And what makes the world work really well is when we're all honest with each other, when we tell the truth and we do what we're going to say and we don't renege on what we say and we can trust each other. That's the fundamental wealth. Now, of course, money comes into the picture and it, it accelerates the process because we get to specialize. It's called division of labor. You get to be a radio show host and do outrage, you know, fantastic uh, shows that no one else really has the, I'll say, guts to do, and you delve into those issues. And people like me will be very outspoken on the monetary system and financial history, and we all get to divide and do our best job at what we do best. And that's what makes everyone wealthier. But once the system starts to corrupt, it becomes more and more corrupt. You can look at the Roman Empire. They started out with the denarius. It was a silver coin. It was fair across the board. It was equal payment for everybody. And it started as corrupt. And as they debased the currency, the moral structure of the society debased right along with it. And uh, very important here, you have uh, a few rules that we need to, to follow. Rule number one, when all else... And again, this is a very prophetic book which I, I was you know, browsing for the past few uh, months, but I just decided not to talk about it because I didn't want to sound like a doomer. But this is upon us right now. Rule number one, when all else fails, there is silver. Let me read this paragraph with your permission, uh, David. No one likes to be a prophet of doom, but the simple truth is that silver is the world's money of last resort. Should a severe economic collapse occur, leaving paper assets worthless, Silver will be primary currency for purchase of goods and services. Gold will be a store of major wealth, but will be priced too high for day-to-day -day use. Thus, every investor should own some physical silver and store a portion of it where it's accessible in an emergency. How prophetic is that, David? Well, you know, I was asked to write the 10 Rules of Silver Investing. You read rule number one, and I, was, I penned it, obviously. And, you know, I'm, I'm being very honest here. I mean, first of all, you know, we have had financial collapses in the past. And people, as I just, you know, 
stated a moment ago, it's the ingenuity of mankind that's really our wealth. So certainly, if the money fails, it doesn't mean humanity fails. It doesn't. In fact, from my personal belief, I think in some ways it will be good because it will actually get people motivated to understand that money itself really isn't wealth. But anyway, coming back on the point... Yeah, a little silver for everybody, I think, is a prudent thing to do. It doesn't mean that it's gonna, we're going to have a financial collapse, but what it does mean is if something were to occur, it's a good, good thing to have. Secondly, let's say we had uh, everything corrected tomorrow. Well, I'm not predicting that. In fact, I'm predicting it won't. But in a very high-tech society where everything is humming along as it should, silver would still be a great investment because it's used, as I said earlier, in so many high-tech applications. So when everyone could afford, you know, three flat-screen TVs instead of, you know, every other family being able to afford one, it would put higher demand on the silver market. So it's really a good-time metal and a bad-time metal. Unfortunately, I cannot rewrite history. The trend is clearly in place that the politicians, the political economy, has gotten so distorted that the American people, I think, have been very tolerant, are, are now waking up and are really, really upset, as they should be. I think they're frankly disgusted with their representation, or should I say non-representation, in Washington, D.C. No, of course, and we, they have the lowest approval rating in history, yet they have the highest re-election rate ever. How, how, I just don't understand that. But you mentioned that economy downturns have happened in the past. But in my lifetime, David, I've never seen so many issues converge globally at the same time. Weather patterns, financial patterns, political patterns, you name it. it it's almost the, the boiling frog syndrome happening globally right now. And I just don't see how things can get better uh, unless we can press the proverbial reset button and start all over again. It's going to hurt, but we need to go back to basics. No, I agree with you, Mel. My friend Jim Poplava on Financial Sense News Hour calls it the perfect storm, and it's basically what you outlined. It's all of these things coming together in a synergistic manner, and it's going to cause a great deal of pain, I believe. I think it's also going to cause a lot of people to you know, reawaken to what real value is and get back to the principles that make a society strong and healthy. But it's going to take, I believe, quite some time to get there. I don't see a real quick solution to the problem. The first solution really is for somebody with real leadership to tell the American people, really the globe at large, the citizens of the world, if you will, the problem. And once the problem is clearly defined, then you can start working on the solution. But right now, the political climate globally is just to pretend that everything could be okay and print more money and this problem will go away. Well, obviously, that's not working. They're just putting a Band-Aid in an open wound in your heart. Basically, they're just trying to, 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 to fix the symptom, but not the, the actual cause. But the reason why I wanted to talk to you, the main reason I wanted to talk to you today, David, was because... Most people out there don't have the capital to buy gold right now. And it seems that silver would be the safest bet. And I don't want to say it's the poor man's gold, but, you know, as you mentioned, if you compare gold and silver and how they have gone up, silver is pretty much up there as well. But if you were to have to, if you had to transact, and let's say you had silver coin, that's all, the only thing you had left, and you wanted to have a, uh, wanted to get a loaf of bread. How do you break that silver coin because it's going to buy you too much? So isn't that when silver becomes more practical? 
Yeah, I think silver is more practical for day-to-day transactions, and history has proven that over and over again. I mean, a gold coin for a loaf of bread is ridiculous. There's no way to, to transact that. But right. With silver, you could. So I think, uh, you know, again, what I said in rule number one, I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but I'm a realist. And, and a lot of people are, are realists now. I mean, they understand that we are in a predicament that no one wants to be in. Uh, most Americans didn't, you know, cause the problem, but not uh, in my view, uh, not enough spoke up. Programs like yours are at the forefront of this. You've heard this kind of stuff on uh, other programs like yours, and of course I'm on some of these uh, internet channels and on the mainstream. I'll be on Fox Business tomorrow, but it's uh, it's getting to the point now. Well, I honestly believe it's a little too late to fix it now. I think we're going to go the inevitable route, which means you're either going to default on the debt, which is unlikely, so you'll print your way out of it, or try to, which means you default on the currency. In either case, it's a default. Either you say, we can't pay our bills, that will be a default on the bond market, which I don't think will take place, or you default, you won't default on the bond market, you'll just keep printing the currency till no one trusts the currency at all. And that's even the worst case scenario, because once that happens, you can't rebuild the capital markets very easily. So when somebody wants stocks, I mean, I'm sorry, silver, they look for the tangible thing or they can go to silver stocks. But honestly, I just right now I have a hard time putting my money into the stock market. What is the best way, the safest way for the average person to get silver? The best way is to buy the physical metal. And the best buy right now is in what's called junk silver, which is 1964 older silver coins minted by the United States government. They come in one bag is a thousand dollars face value. So if it was in quarters, you'd have four thousand quarters. Half bag or quarter bag, you can even buy them in rolls. You can even buy them by the piece. In other words, you can buy one silver quarter if you wish to. So that I think is the best buy. I also am affiliated with a program that is a monthly accumulation program called Silver Saver, and you can find out more about that by going to silver123.net, that's silver123.net, and that is a bank account withdrawal system. It takes about five, ten minutes at the absolute most to set it up. You say, I want to accumulate silver month to month, which is a great way to get into the market because it does move up and down, but your average price will be very good if you do it over several months. And that is a way to put away and force yourself to save $100 a month, $50 a month, $200 a month, whatever you can afford. And over time, you're going to look back and say, geez, I'm sure glad I started that silver saving program. I really never thought I, I would be saying this on the air, David, but it's, in my opinion, it's now time to take action. For the person out there that wants to, to contact the, the, the most reputable person, I know you are. I've corresponded with you for quite some time now. How do people learn more about silver, how to buy it? Uh, basically, how, how can people get in touch with you and your work? Well, the first thing that uh, can be done is just to go to my website, silver-investor.com, and get the uh, free newsletter. I don't want, you know, and you don't have to get my paid work. You can just get the free letter. You'll get the 10 rules of silver investing. We discussed rule number one. I go through a lot of the rules, especially if you're brand new, that will prevent you from getting burned. It will help you pick the right dealer. It will tell you, you know, when you should be in silver stocks and when you should not. I agree with you, Mel. I think right now is the time to get to safety. Safety is the real metal. I would caution anybody right now that's uh, not in this market to start slowly but surely but start 
so go to the website, get on the free email list. Uh, you'll get a lot of good information over time. And I write weekly just uh, basically as a public service to people that want to know more about these markets and why the metals are so important in today's world. And you see, that's a problem, David, that many people out there are very concerned. When there's the vultures are out there waiting for the next scam, they know that people are looking for gold and silver, and there's going to be websites popping up everywhere in the next few days and few weeks, and people will lose money because some of those people are, are fraudulent, they have no scruples. So I want them to go with somebody that can be trusted. So go to David's website. I don't want anybody to be going out there and losing a penny, especially when you need it the most. David Morgan, thank you very much for being part of uh, Veritas. And I have a feeling that we'll be in touch again in the next few weeks or days. Very good, Mel. Thank you for having me. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. And that was David Morgan, author of the book, The Skinny on Silver Investing. If you found this Veritas special report valuable, please subscribe. This show was brought to you by our Veritas members. So become one by visiting our website at veritasshow.com and listen to hundreds of hours of great information. Until next time, this is Mel Fabregas. Thank you for listening. Be well.